Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Will you settle down? Are you going to stop being trouble? Shit. Never. Never. Why would he do such a thing? He keeps my life interesting. Mm. Um. Never be bored with a cat. Yes, so now that, um, I finally got my audio sorted, I think I am keeping the mic in frame thing, um, okay. but now that I've got my audio sorted, um, Brooks has a new microphone that we're adjusting to, so. <laughs> we're doing great. Oh. New to me. New to you, yes. She got my old microphone, because... Here's one now. <laughs> um, do we want to start with any potential tales from our past weekend of hanging out, or should I dive right into my insane hyperfixation rant? Tales. What kind of tales were you thinking? I don't know. Anything you feel like was worth oh. telling? Hmm... Well, you did paint my fingernails black while you were drunk, so there's that. And I see you've already taken it off. Well, it was, like, horrifically chipped. <laughs> Oops. You only put on the one coat. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and so I actually just took it off a couple hours ago. Cute. It was it was looking pretty rough. I tried. Um, so that was interesting. I loved the, the midnight pizza was an excellent move on your part. I'm just there laying on the couch, and then you're like, oh, the pizza. I'm like, the what? Because you definitely said it to me, but I was not paying attention. Well, all I said was, if I got some pizza, would you want some? And I was like, yeah, kinda. And then, like, 40 minutes went by. And I was like, (laughs) oh, that that happened. I remember saying, um, so I ordered a pizza, and it's here. (laughs) Proud of us. Yeah. Hi. It was lovely. You know, sometimes, like I was saying at the time, I feel like pizza is better when it's unexpected pizza. That did, it wasn't even like particularly great pizza, but that did hit really hard. Yeah, because it was just like, if you show up at a place and you didn't think there was going to be pizza and they're like, hey, there's pizza, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, or it's like the best thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah, or like if you didn't like plan on ordering it, but you just suddenly had a hankering and then you ordered it, it's like that much better. I would agree. Um, so midnight just felt like the time. It did feel like you know, and it worked out. It was delightful. But uh-huh. um, as I'm sure you surmised from the things that I sent you on Twitter this morning, um, 
Yeah, I, I hope you didn't think that you were escaping hearing about this in a, like, not just over, like, Twitter DMs. Um, things are happening in, in the world of Ghost, which is very exciting, because apparently, uh, overnight, in LA, this gigantic billboard popped up, which is just a picture, like, it's just a black and white photo of Copia, and it says, Jesus is coming. That's it. Could that be potentially them teasing a new character for him? Hmm. There are several theories, and this is where the rant part comes in. There are several theories, because it kind of- And, like, I'm gonna be linking all this shit. Because in the picture, it kind of looks like both of his eyes are white now, instead of just the one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what does that mean? And some genius on Twitter also pointed out that in the most recent uh, message from the clergy EP, um... The art that they have on the front is, like, it's, like, this old, like, Roman coin, but instead of whatever emperor or whatever, it's Copia. And somebody put it out, it's like, oh, maybe, like, there's theories that, like, maybe Copia's going insane. Um, but then somebody put it out, oh, on that artwork, his eyes bleeding. So, like, yeah. what does that mean? <sighs> and I just, yeah, what does it, what does it mean? I'm, like, kind of afraid for my life. <laughs> I'm afraid for his life. <laughs> Hard to say. Hard to say, indeed. I cannot imagine being, like, a really big ghost fan and, like, you just, like, imagine, like, that happens to be the street that you, like, pass every morning on your way to work or whatever and, like, you're a really big ghost fan. Heart attack. (laughs) Just Yep. Yeah. Instant death. Yeah. So that's something that I'm both excited and scared for. I think that was probably the intended effect. Probably. Like, why else would they just put that up with no explanation? What's just throwing me in particularly is, like, the Jesus is coming. Because I've seen two theories that I really like. One of which is that instead of the Antichrist, Copia is the false prophet, which has some pretty solid evidence as far as I'm concerned. Because um, it's like, oh, the false prophet will be, like, they'll be likable, which, like, I would say he definitely is. He's probably one of the most popular characters that the band has introduced thus far. Um... He'll have the mark of the beast. His number will be like six, you know, six, six, six. And there's um, a mural from one of their stage setups that were like. Can you not on the printer? No. Oh, when I left, I told him I'd see him tomorrow on on the the pod. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes. Go to your bean bag. But yeah, there's a mural on one of the stage setups where Copia canonically has a tattoo that is 666. And there's like, oh, he'll have like dragon, like something associated with the dragon. And there's a point in some of the sets where he wears fucking dragon slash bat wings on one of his jackets. I just, I'm afraid for my life. I'm afraid for his life. I don't know where this is going. And I'm going to be really sad if like I have just kind of like found my footing in this like fandom and like gotten attached to the character that's like fronting it now only to have him ripped away as soon as i'm like yeah this guy's great how often does he change characters Uh, like every album technically every album although cardinal copia and papa emeritus the fourth are technically the same person just with a different rank Mm -hmm. but other than that every album and I'm also wondering if, like, 
could Antichrist, my theory, or, like, the thing that I screamed on Twitter very excitedly, it's like, what if Antichrist Copia resurrects Primo Secondo and Terzo? Hmm. I'll lose my mind. I'll lose my mind if I'm correct. I don't think I am, especially in light of having seen the false prophet and Antichrist theory evidence. But man, that'd be fun. And I am now seeing in my camera that I... Hold on, I have to fix something. <laughs> Idiot hours. Anyway, um, I don't expect you to have opinions on any of the things that I just said, but I wanted to say them because I'm really excited. Yeah. Can't say that I have particular thoughts not having any um, attachments to any characters or anything. Yes, I did make Brooks listen to several Ghost albums over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'm sorry, but I'd be lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, stay tuned to watch my descent into madness as things develop. All right. And now we get to talk about one of the thing, one of the, like, I guess an officially sanctioned conversation about something that we did over the weekend. We saw a movie together, which I think for, like, for the first time ever, like, went to a movie theater together? Actually, you might be right. I never thought about it. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah, that is weird. But that's what happened. Yeah. Do you want, do you want to take the lead on this one or shall I? Take the lead? Yeah, with the conversation. <clears throat> I feel like you probably have stronger opinions. I don't know that I do, is the thing. We saw Skinamarink, mm -hmm. which was fucking weird. Don't think that's going to be a shock to anybody. Which, per the article I sent you earlier, made 60 times as budget <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah, because what did it cost? Like... $15,000. Yeah, $15,000. Which, like, is a lot of money, but also isn't, especially when you're talking about, a, like, a full-length yeah. movie. Yeah, can you imagine that kind of return on investment? Yeah, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, you know, nothing but good things for for my man uh, Kyle Edward Ball, who, like, did just about everything. Mm-hmm. To the point where there were no credits at the yeah, end. Well, actually, technically, you did miss, like, the, like, two minutes of... Like, they did all the credits... They got all the credits out of the way in the opening, because there were so few. Yeah. But, um... I guess the one-sentence synopsis I would give to anybody who hasn't seen this, and if you haven't seen this, honestly, I would say turn this episode off and... you If you haven't seen it and you want to, turn this episode off and go watch it, because we're gonna get into spoiler territory. But mm -hmm. the one-sentence synopsis for anyone who doesn't really care to go see it uh, would be these two kids wake up in the middle of the night and find that their father is missing and all of the doors and windows that lead out of their house are just gone. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's it. There you have it. It's <laughs> a very simple premise. And frankly, I can, I've seen people getting very salty about it and, like, feeling kind of, like, cheated by the whole experience mm -hmm. of watching it. Which, like, if it doesn't work for you, then it just doesn't work for you. 
but it I am still thinking about it, which in yeah. my mind is a good thing. Like, if anything makes a lasting impact on you, whether or not that impact is good or bad, it kind of has to mean something. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to a theater to see something that has been described as an experimental horror film... And you come out of it pissed that there's no, like, clean, like, (laughs) resolution, I'm gonna say that's on you. Yeah. I mean, I expected it to be kind of weird and to use techniques that you don't typically see, right? Because, like... There's very little dialogue in the whole thing, and it's, like, all whispered. Yeah, and, super minimal dialogue. Some of it, yeah. like, you can't even tell if it, it... Like, there's points where it's like, is someone speaking, or is this just, like, weird noise yeah. distortion? Yeah, and they have to use subtitles a lot because of that. They have to use subtitles a lot, and I'm still trying to figure out if there was any rhyme or reason to, like, why certain things were subtitled and why certain things weren't. Yeah. And you I also don't really see anybody's face in the whole thing. You see one single face, but it is a face, like, that does not have eyes or a mouth. Well, yes. That's it's, like, clearly <laughs> deep in the, true. like, sort of surrealist. Yeah. I think the, only, like, the first third of the film is grounded in any sort of reality, I would say. Yeah. The last, like, two-thirds, very experimental, very surrealist, very, very out there. Um mm-hmm. Oh, one of the things that I sort of found myself thinking of later was that it re- there were a couple things that reminded me of um, some things that David Lynch does, where he, uh, the camera like lingers on an inanimate object that is giving off some sort of like droning sound, some sort of background hum, and just sort of lets and like boosts that sound beyond like what it would be like in a natural environment. And just sort of like lets you make of that what you will like the shot of the there's a couple shots in like early episodes of twin peaks and i think in the pilot where he just like has the camera like tilted up at this weird angle at a ceiling fan and he just mm-hmm. like has the sat like the drone of the ceiling fan like cranked all the way up and it's just the effect that it has is kind of like shocking for how simple it is because you're like, like this is like weird this is uncomfortable Mm-hmm. And there were several points while I was watching where I was like, this feels very familiar. And that's why. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I think, I feel like they kept <clears throat> having that kind of focus on, I think it was a hallway? Mm-hmm. Like, or a door frame, something like that, where I kept thinking, I was like, I feel like we're supposed to be seeing something in the darkness right there. Yeah, the entire film takes place, like, in my mind... It takes place in the, like, three seconds between, like, when you would dart from your bedroom to your parents' bedroom when you woke up in the middle of the night as a kid and you were freaked out. And, like, as a kid who, like, you know, um, undiagnosed anxiety, but as a kid who would, like, frequently lay awake at night just, like, convinced that something bad was going to happen... They captured that feeling so well of just like staring into the dark and like being like, I don't think there's anything there, but like, what if there is? Well, that's why I think, you know, because they say in the toward the beginning of the movie when the dad's on the phone that, you know, um, Kevin, the boy, had fallen down the stairs and, you know, hit his head. And so to me, I think he probably this is all him laying in bed, like half awake, half asleep and just kind of like. 
you know, dreaming slash imagining these things. Because I feel like that was always what scared me as a kid when I'd be like partially asleep, but I could see my room because I was also partially awake. Yeah. And I would be convinced I saw something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And like, oh, what the hell else was I going to say? Oh, and there's some, like, phenomenon where the human brain will, like, pick faces out of kind of, like, meaningless patterns. And the entire film has a, like, I'm certain that it's, like, actually shot on, like, like physical film just because of the amount of, like, film grain that there is. But it's definitely, like, amped up in post to just an absolutely insane degree. Like, the entire... And you said you thought it might be, like, an, like, an overlay of, like, rain like, superimposed over every shot, but, like, to the point where even when you are looking at, like, a completely, like, black screen, like, the whole thing is, like, moving. And there were so many points where I was like, am I just picking out something? Or, like, is, like, or, like, is that a, which, like, again, is, like, the whole point of, like, the entire thing just, like, staring into the dark and being like, is there something there? Because I was like, am I, like, is that a face? Or am I just picking that out of the randomness yeah i mean to me if if you look at the way it's moving even on a black screen like it looks like it's going down like all the movement kind of like little things are moving down and maybe this is just like difference like you know little differences in how people perceive things but like it kind of looked like it was like boiling almost to me like i could see like convection circles interesting yeah but it also it also sounded like rain because it had that static over everything it just sounds like day yeah and there was one point in the middle of it where it seemed like oh just like this normal amount of rain and then all of a sudden it got really intense and you could actually see like water drops bouncing from the bottom of the screen Mm -hmm. i kind of i really wish i had this so i could like study it yeah like as much as i wouldn't necessarily describe the experience of watching it as like enjoyable i do Mm -hmm. want like i want to kind of like comb through it again yeah yeah, I mean, it was very slow-moving. That's kind of the idea of it. But... Yeah. Again, I think they're... Oh, I thought I still had seltzer left. Big sad. Um, anyway. Um, I mean, it hasn't been marketed, like, a ton. It's kind of just, like, finding who... It's, like, finding its audience through, like, if you are already into this, like, weird experimental type stuff, then, like this will make its way to you eventually like through the grapevine or like you know if you're the type of person who is already like subscribed to like it's a shutter original so like if you're a horror fanatic you're probably already subscribed to shutter like so you'll hear about this but yeah i just mm. something always and again if something if film just doesn't work for you then it just doesn't work for you but it does always annoy me when i hear people like when people need something to happen almost i don't know which is such a weird way of like i don't know i don't even necessarily know what i'm trying to say i just get really annoyed when people are like oh like nothing really happened like is it not enough for you to just experience this like does it have to like does this have to do something i think that's what we've been conditioned to expect though yeah like you know, stories you start with your exposition you have the rising action and you know the climax and then the resolution and everything and so if something doesn't follow that narrative pattern that we've been conditioned to expect all of our lives it kind of feels dissatisfying sometimes yeah 
You know, it, I think it's all based on that, like, schema that we build in our heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't all know. Right. I just... I am very much an appreciator of the film where absolutely nothing really happens. And yeah. I get salty when other people... When, when people, like, can't get anything from it. Uh, like everybody else that was in the theater with us? Oh my god. <laughs> the lights come up and I just hear several, what the fuck? What? Which, like, again, if you came to this, you should, like, I feel like you had to have some idea of what you were getting into. Yeah. Yeah, just nothing is, like... the trailer, it's like... You can tell that this is deeply experimental from, yeah. from the trailer alone. Because the trailer gives you nothing. Gives you absolutely nothing to work with. Other than, like, a vibe. Mm-hmm. Which, frankly, Which I think is... more trailers should do, but that's just me personally. But I think it captures the movie at the same time. Oh, 100%. Because so. the movie is really just a vibe. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really is just a vibe. And for some people, that's going to mean a lot. Like, I've heard people say that, like, you know, just on Twitter and stuff, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I watched this, like you know, alone in my apartment on my laptop at 3am with all the lights off and it was the most scared I've ever been in my life. And like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can see that making a huge impact. Yeah. I feel like that would make it um, probably scarier than it was in the theater, surrounded, not surrounded by people, but there were other people. Yeah. I feel like it has to be one of those two like experiences. Like, you either have to see it, or like you either have to watch it alone in the middle of the night with all the lights off like on your laptop headphones in or you have to go see it in a theater you can't like sit down in your living room with one lamp on yeah like that's just like it you are just not going to get the full experience it has to be one of those two extremes it has to be mm-hmm. like in the most public viewing format possible or the most isolated viewing format possible hmm that's my hot take. Yeah. So yeah, if you're open to a very weird um, film experience, if you like surrealism and experimental uh, horror films, or again, if you really just want to make yourself super uncomfortable at 3am, um, go check out Skinamarink. It is... If nothing else, it is something that you have not seen before i can promise you that and it'll give you a lot to think about and maybe you'll also fall down a rabbit hole of reading articles afterward mm-hmm. of all There's the different nothing i love more than when i walk out of a movie and i'm just like oh i cannot wait to see what people have to say about this like that is just like just a whole new discourse for me to sink my grub sink my teeth into get my grubby little hands all over it like that theory about it being a metaphor for child abuse. Yeah, or at least uh, I think people have said like it's sleep paralysis. It could be like yeah. child abuse, or it could. So I've heard someone say that like, oh, maybe like the kids' parents are like going through a divorce, and this is like the like sort of realization that like not everything's okay. Yeah, or the one of the theories that the mother had passed away. Yeah, Fast, sort of like, I oh, I love whenever I walk out of a like. Or not even necessarily just, like, a movie. Like, I love whenever I finish any, like, piece of media, whether that's film, TV, finish a book, and I'm just like, ooh, now I get to see what everyone else thinks. Mm-hmm. 
that's a very that's a very fun moment for me. That's a moment I like a lot. Yeah. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> As though we didn't talk about it just like a few days ago. I mean, we did, but I think I brought up at least one thing that I didn't say. I had to I had to sit on some things. I don't know. I think I did. Like an hour after the movie, sitting there on our phones, like looking things Just up. like sending each other. And also, just unrelated, I love the whole spoilers without context meme format. Yeah. It does not matter the movie. Like, I saw a couple for this one. And especially, like, whenever there's some. I'm fucking sick of them, but whenever there's some massive Marvel movie that comes out and everyone does, like, you know, XYZ spoilers but without context, they're so. Every single time, they're so funny. I love that meme format. Please do not ever let it die. Anyway, moving along. Um, actually, this one... We're talking vaguely about childhood. That's what this kind of goes back to. Um, in When you were in, like, elementary school, middle school, possibly even high school, um, what color were... Um, each of your, like, subjects. What, like, did, were, were you a color-coding your folders, kid? Because I certainly was, and, like, all of my friends, like, everyone I knew growing up, that's um, what, how... Yeah, you have a different color, like, notebook or folder for each subject. Okay, yeah. So what colors are the subjects? Well, first of all, what are our subjects? We're talking science, English... Science, English, math... studies, math... Social studies... I feel like we're missing something. Gotta be more than four things, right? Did you have a music class? Probably. I guess it depends on what grade. Yeah, and like this is where we're gonna kind of split off a little bit because yeah, I don't know if there's another like universal like that. Yeah, so maybe we stick with those four. Yeah. Um, Science is green. Well, yeah, because like trees and grass, like what you would have in like a precisely class, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sense, science right? is green. Absolutely no room for argument here. Mm-hmm. Math is red. Interesting. Do you have a reason for that? I fucking hate math. I was gonna say blue. Why? And I think the reason is because in some math classes you use, like, the graph paper that has blue lines on it. Ah. Uh? And so I think I've kind of created that association. Plus, it's sort of like a cold color, and math is very, like, analytical. Red's, like, fiery and, like, passionate, which is... Oh, what art. I... Holy shit. You had an art... We oh, had yeah. class. Yeah. There we go. True. Okay, so we have five now. Um, no, math was red, and I don't know why. Or, like... I mean, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I hate math. I'm angry at it. Red. And, I mean, currently in my life, and this is been this way for a while like black and red is my favorite color combination in the world like it's i fucking yeah. love the color red but at the time yeah when i was color coding my school subjects that is what i did you know i used red for english because it was a much more like sort of um again like fiery passionate english sort of romantic blue. color so we have our english and math flip-flop interesting very interesting um mm -hmm. I'm gonna say something controversial. Social studies was purple. Why is that controversial? I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like maybe that'll cause controversy outside of the two of us. 
Okay. Okay. But yeah, social studies is purple. Actually, it's probably the color I would have used as well. Fascinating. Okay. Because I was not really a fan of yellow. And so the primary colors that I would have had would have been red, blue, green, and purple. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I ever had a like specific folder or notebook for like an art class. I think I did at one point, but that was the one where I always got like a pattern folder. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I got my extra fun spicy folder for my for art class. Well, I always all my folders always had patterns, like especially at elementary school, I had the Lisa Frank folders. Love it. <laughs> but my notebooks, I would have a separate notebook to take notes for each class, and those were the ones that had like the five star, you know, solid color. Oh, and this, I'm certain, is very unique to the school that I went to, but we took Spanish starting in, like, for, in like first grade. Um, Spanish was yellow. I think that's getting to be more common now than it used to be. Yeah. But yeah, started, that was science is green, math is red, English is blue, social studies is purple, Spanish is yellow, um, art class gets the fun... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Pattern folder if I need one. Feels right. I mean, so we were pretty close, actually, except for oh, the yeah. math English thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. It just felt right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I have when some I got to high school. I just started carrying around one single notebook and I would just like tear the page out and put it in a binder that was divided by subject. Oh yeah, I had um it was like a flexible binder. I forget what they're the called. Trapper keeper. 
No, no. A Trapper Keeper... Well, I actually did have a lot of those, like, in middle school. Hell yeah. Um, but no, I forget what it was called. It was a five-star product, or mead, whatever. But it was like a binder, but it didn't have those hard rings and hard cover. It was like a softer cover, and the rings were flexible. And so the kind of cool thing about it... I don't know if I've ever seen one of these. Yeah, I can't remember what they called it. But... You could have, like, a section for each class, so I would just add, you know, pages to each section as I needed them. And just carry the one. Yeah, that was that was the move. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had whole- I had a lot of, like, the zip-up trapper keepers, and I would just get the plain, like, five-star ones. And then we would draw and write on them with whiteout pens. I love it. That's so fun. Yeah. We'd, like, write on each other's. We'd, like, write, you know- so and so loves so and so, you know, and oh my God, nerd. yeah. I'm talking middle school, so no, yeah, I, I I got you. Sometimes I feel like my middle school experience was particularly weird because I went to such a small school. Like I, th- there wasn't much of that. I feel like your school was bigger than mine. I was with the same thirty kids from first grade to eighth grade. How many did you graduate with? Like my high like high school, yeah, five hundred. Yeah, I had two hundred. Yeah, but I again the same thirty people. That was it. Like from first grade to eighth grade. Like we had a graduation from eighth grade. Well, yeah, but I I switched schools and everything, and yeah, we we stayed with the same class in middle school too. But you're around other people. There are other people in the school. Yeah, there are other people in the school, but like... (laughs) You go to lunch with and, you know, you see around that are part of clubs and things. It's not like you were siloed and you never saw other humans outside of the people in that room. (laughs) Well, no, but again, my school was Didn't we just establish your graduating class was more than twice the size of mine? How many kids were in your school, like, in middle- like, did you have, like, a separate junior high? We had a middle school, yeah, that was separate from the high school. Yeah, nope. The K-8 through was its own building, and then they just shipped us off to high school. My, like, quote-unquote graduating class for 8th grade was 30 kids. Hmm. Then your high school must have had multiple middle schools feeding into it then. Yes, it did. Interesting. Yeah. But I got a hell of a lot of stories out of that whole experience, so honestly, I am grateful for it. Well, I was in Catholic school from preschool through fourth grade, where we had literally 15 kids. Nice. In the entire class, yeah. So, that was my experience for the most of my elementary school years. Love it. Anyway, um, we've got some visuals coming up. Right, just in the chat. Um, this is a... Here you know what? What is the most efficient? 
Okay, yeah, let me just drag this over here so it's visible for the people real quick. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about this method for opening a package of bacon. I mean, so I've probably only made bacon like two or three times in my entire life. That's the saddest thing so I've ever heard. Please continue. I'm just not, I'm just not like super into bacon. Like, it's fine. Um, the only times I've ever made it was to like put it in a quiche or something. But it's just, you know, mm -hmm. not, my, not my favorite thing. Um, and it just, to me, is a pain to make because it's so, much, so greasy and uh, anyway. So, I don't have a ton of experience with it. However, this method where this they've taken- This is the taken... first time I've ever seen this in my fucking life. This method where they've taken a package of bacon and essentially just cut the entire package in half. can make sense if you want, like, littler, crispier pieces of bacon, I feel like. I mean, here's the thing. Technically, yes. There's something about this, however, that just, like, viscerally offends me from a visual standpoint. Like, everything about this just looks wrong. Yeah. Like, I could see it being a very efficient way of doing things if you want shorter pieces of bacon. But it's kind of like, yeah, you could eat a Kit Kat more quickly if you take a giant chomp out of it without breaking them apart first. But, but like, it's- that's illegal. It's upsetting. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. And it's Precisely. a similar thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like that this person who has made this Tumblr post has um, included this helpful little, like, chart of, like, this pie chart of reactions to their own post. Mm -hmm. And I am uh, fascinated. Like, I'm just so interested. Uh, reactions to my bacon opening methods, parentheses, subtitle, as recorded after 24 hours and just after the post hit um, a thousand notes. So, we've got 43.1% of reactions, rage, disgust, confusion, etc. And that splits off into a separate pie chart that we will get to. 24%, um, I've done this. Again, splits off into a second pie chart that we will get to. 15.4%, uh, I don't do this, but it's a good idea. 7.1%. Sure, why not? 6.5%. I know someone who does this. 2.5%. This is normal in the food service industry. Which, honestly, that makes sense to me if you have to cook mass quantities of, like, something that is... Especially if you gotta do, like, bacon bits for something. Um, like Or, like, yeah, shred it up to put in something. That makes sense. Um, and then 1.5%. This isn't normal, but it is funny. So, in the 24% I've done this slice of the pie, it breaks off into 4.6% um, I've done this, but with a knife. So this person used kitchen shears to cut this package of bacon in half, just like down the middle. 0.3%. Um, 3%. I've done this but in thirds. It's like that much bacon. Which again is bizarre, but also like, can you make bacon bits for like, yeah, for stew? I don't know. Yeah, it's probably easier to do that when it's raw than when it's cooked, maybe? I don't know. Probably. And then making up most of the 24% I've done this response, we have 18.9% I've done this with scissors, with kitchen shears. 
Um, <laughs> and then the 43.1% uh, slice of this pie, which is rage, disgust, confusion, etc., breaks off into an absolutely hilarious um, pie chart of further responses, which is as follows. 13.4% um, what the fuck. 6.1% why. 4% uh, this is unhinged. 4% something is wrong with you. 3.1% this is wrong. 2.7% <laughs> this is a crime. Uh... 2.4% scissors exclamation point question mark 1.8% um frowny smiley face or like frowny text face oh yeah I almost angry, missed that one angry frowny text face um 1.2% this is as offensive as breaking spaghetti in half in front of an Italian <laughs> 1.2% can't you peel the package open? 0.9% do you wash the scissors? Of course, it's wrong. Another 0.9% your bacon expired over a year ago. And 0.6% I want to study you. How can they see the date on that package? I don't know here, let me try zooming in. Okay, it's not letting me. Yeah. I think it might be the way that this person's blog is formatted that I can't zoom in on that one, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. Where do we fall? I honestly think I'd probably just be in the sure why not category. Okay. Um... Like, I can see reasoning for it. Okay, whatever. I think I'm gonna fall into the I, I want to study you. Because I had never seen this before in my life, and I was like, what in the goddamn hell? So that puts you in the rage, disgust, confusion, etc. category, etc. Yeah. Like, I don't know if... I don't know if... I think it's confusion. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. again, I can see, like, you know, food service industry makes sense to me. I've never seen it before in my life, but alright. So that's why I would put myself in the I want to study you. Because I'm not, like... Seeing it the first time was viscerally upsetting. I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? But now I'm just kind of- But now I'm like, yeah, I want to study. Like, I want to understand. This is bizarre to me. So. I'm surprised there's nothing in here about, like, just asking the person why they want their bacon in half. Because to me, that's the real question. I don't think you're wrong. Because if they have good reason for wanting their bacon- like, cut in half, then this seems very logical. Yeah. Seems like a very convenient way to do it, because why would you cut open the package and then cut the bacon in half separately if you could just combine them? Yeah. And in that way, you're yeah. smart. I guess that's what really matters. Why they want their bacon in shorter pieces than yeah, I mean, they're provided with. You know, it starts out year long, but, you know, when it cooks, it shrinks up. Yeah. I mean, so you're going to end up with pretty small pieces of bacon. And again, maybe maybe it is for incorporating into something. Potentially. But they basically um the way they put it was I realized the way I open bacon is probably not normal, meaning that 
this is the way that they always do it. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. So it's not like a one-time thing, like, hey, I had this idea and I wanted to see if it was normal. It was like, wait, it just occurred to me that this way I open bacon might not be normal. Yeah, if you're opening every single package of bacon like that, like, just to, like, make your, like, bacon and eggs or, like, make a side of bacon with your pancakes or whatever, that's weird. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that that's the implication. That's, again, I still am firmly in the I want to study you camp, but ever so slightly, like, closer to, like, no, that's weird, rather than just confusion. Yeah, I like at the very bottom of the post that is, I think we've all done something very important here. Thank you for your input. <laughs> and then the hashtags on the bottom, there's an LOL, OMG, and then I like the pie charts, though. Good stuff. Yeah, every now and again I really do miss Tumblr. Like, there's... It's... Something about it just gives it a different flavor than various other social media sites, and I really couldn't put my finger on why precisely. But this is a good example of things I feel like you don't get on other websites. Anyway, um, our final mm -hmm. discussion point uh, comes from the Bird app involves another link that I am sending you right now. Oh, here we go. Um, this is from a Twitter account that I love dearly, at Caucasian James. Um, and the tweet reads thusly, will be linked for audio listeners, um, I call this a couch coffee. It might look weird, but as long as you're confident it won't spill, you should be able to place a cup of coffee right next to you on the couch. Hope everyone gets the chance to enjoy a couch coffee soon. And the accompanying photo is just a picture of a mug of coffee sitting next to a person on a leather couch. Yeah, um, I'm gonna come right out and say that I do this. My first thought was, this person doesn't have pets. I have pets and I still do it. Nothing bad has happened yet. Will that come back to bite me in the ass? Very possibly, but nothing bad someday, has happened yet. Someday Oliver's gonna come bolting in and jump right up on the couch next to you and there will be tea everywhere. You know what, and when that day comes, that's just something I'm gonna have to deal with. But, um, yeah, I do just rest my mug of tea on the couch right next to me. Um, often- And you get when... all of it? Yeah. Because here's the thing, if I'm playing video games and I have two hands on the controller, sometimes Oliver is in my lap. So, like, if I were to put, and if I'm, like, dead center on the couch, because I live alone and I would like to be centered for my game playing, um, reaching for, like, putting it on, like, one of the end tables or on the ottoman, like, I'm going to be disturbing him every single time I move. So mm -hmm. I just put it next to me on the cushion. Again, nothing. Like, yeah. I think this is perfectly fine. I think everyone who wants to should do it. Um, free yourself from societal expectations. You can put your mug of beverage on the couch cushions. It's okay. I think some people need to realize their couch privilege. Explain. Because <laughs> I was just letting that sit for a moment. Like, like this couch in the picture, as well as your couch, have kind of like the word I'm searching for, um, like firmer, more structured cushions. 
I mean, yeah, like, you can't do couch coffee on a beanbag. Well, no, but, like, my couch is much softer and not as, like, structured and even. And it actually kind of tilts slightly. I think you could accomplish a couch coffee, but... My couch... You've experienced this, you sort of roll toward the back of the couch. Yeah, but you, you have that, uh, like, straight... You have that, like, ottoman piece. But that's not a couch, that's an ottoman. What about the love seat? The love seat is... Could, a... I think you could accomplish a couch coffee on the love seat. The love seat is a bit um, more structured because it's not as ridiculously wide. Yeah. Um, but I don't ever sit there. Because it's, you know... Not really the best angle for the TV. Have I just been kicking you out of your spot every single time I've come to hang out at your apartment? The spot I always sit in. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, when you're a guest, you get to sit whatever you want. Sit wherever you want. Um, That's fair. Um, yeah, so I, um, but I pretty much always have at least one blanket on the couch because I'm perpetually cold regardless of how my beer. Um, and sometimes while I'm drinking my coffee in the morning, Nyx comes and lays in my lap. And so then I don't want to, like, lean anywhere to put the mug down, so sometimes I'll sort of, like, nestle my empty mug in the blanket so it doesn't fall over and wait till her light till she wakes up and moves before I get up and move my mug. So there is that. Yeah, I'm very pro um, couch coffee, couch tea, couch hot chocolate, couch beverage. Yeah, no, it it's has just to be same. in a mug, though. You can't just be out here put like, raw-dogging a glass on your couch. That's wrong. And, like, I don't know well, why. Maybe a stable. Yeah. Because glasses that... tend to be taller. Yeah, yeah. Something about the the sort of short, sturdy nature of the average mug, plus the fact that there's a handle, it just makes the whole thing feel safer. Well, and usually they're, like, weightier at the bottom, because yeah. they got, like, they're made of ceramic or whatever. Yeah. And they have, like, the, the sort of, like, sort of like a lip on the bottom of them in a way a lot Sometimes of them do. Sometimes they even you know? have little feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sturdy little buddies. Were you about to say sturdy little bastards? I was gonna say buggers, and then I was like, who am I? And so I changed midstream. Oh, well. Boom. But sturdy little bastards. <laughs> what? Sturdy little buggers. <laughs> I love that for us. Um, Yeah, I think couch coffee is perfectly normal. I think more people should do it. Um, I think you should free yourself from the expectations don't of society and others. But I don't get what's supposed to be better about it or desirable about it you don't have to reach for your beverage it's just right there but depending on where you're sitting like you might not really have to do that you might not but again if i'm sitting dead center in my couch got the ki got the kitty on my lap playing video games don't want to like want as minimal movement as possible couch mug Couch mug is the most elegant solution in that in that situation. Hmm. My mind went away for a minute there, but <laughs> <laughs> the 
because I was thinking about, I was thinking about, I was like, wait, but I was just sitting in your living room drinking tea with Oliver in my lap the other day. Yeah, but you were in the chair. I was in the chair, yeah. But then I started thinking about that tea, and then I was thinking about how I have to run errands tomorrow and thinking, oh, maybe I'll go, go over to Trader Joe's and get some of that fucking tea. Yeah. And so I, I went through that whole series of thoughts and then realized I was just sitting here not talking. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. I, I mean, gotta go hey, get. You recovered it though. Yeah. What a what a great uh, you know set of errands for tomorrow. That like okay, I'm gonna start off by going and getting some tea, pick up a prescription, and then go buy some frozen mice. That's my. Oh, fun! So it just gets more like it gets. Uh, I'm gonna say progressively more unhinged. Yeah. Cause like. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I... I'm allowed to say that I'm crazy and not normal for being mentally ill, because I'm the one who's mentally ill. <laughs> I was about to say, there's normal reasons that you could be picking up a prescription, too. There are. I'm and, like, that's obviously not what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking up my lady pills. <laughs> I don't know why I like to call them that. I had a boyfriend in college who used to refer to everything having to do with the female productive reproductive system as lady whatever. And I've just always liked, I don't it's know why. It's kind of funny. Can, yeah, like, I've a, just done it ever yeah, since. Yeah, I'll give him that one. It's a little bit funny. Well, and plus, I don't like to call them birth control pills because that's only one of the functions that they're used for. Yeah. You know? Because uh, they're, <laughs> they're basically used as a panacea for everything wrong with a woman. So... <laughs> But like some people, if you got real bad acne, sometimes yeah. it helps. Yeah, so that's why I just call them lady pills. I love it. Um, as is your right. But no, I just think a really, like, again, slowly becoming more unhinged as your errands go on. It's like picking up tea, picking up my crazy person meds, buying frozen rats. Well, I've already got my crazy person meds. I don't need those. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's <laughs> had that weird moment where I was like, wait, there's normal reasons that you could go to a pharmacy. Yeah, that's a normal reason. It, it is a normal reason, but like, you know what I mean. Like, you, you under like, the joke I'm making is clear, correct? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm doing Because you automatically assumed unhinged because you assumed it was mental health related, and you're like, oh, it doesn't have to be mental health related. Precisely. And, um, again... We can roast ourselves like this because we're the ones dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, what a what a day it'll be. Just what a day it will be like indeed. That. But hey, at least you'll have tea at the end of it. After you've that's done true. With your errands. I, yeah, that's why I figured I'd like do all that first thing in the morning, and then I get to to come home and make a cup of tea, and then work. Rip. Yeah. Classes start next week. Oh God, good luck. <laughs> have fun fixing your sleep schedule oh man dude i got myself to sleep at 10 30 last night because oh i was who is she wiped out right and I then i woke the feeling up that this is not gonna have as good of an ending as i'm hoping it does <laughs> i woke up at, at 5 30 in the morning and i was like this is kind of early and i only slept seven hours i could use a bit more and i was like i'll go back to sleep for like an hour Insert Spongebob Squarepants frame. Three and a half hours later. Three and a half hours later. <laughs> yeah, so I slept like ten and a half hours. I mean, and... if you're that tired, you do need it. 
Yeah, but I... But the point being that I slept late today, which means I might have trouble going to bed at a decent time tonight. And the cycle might just start over, so... <sighs> yeah, Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need some, some tranquilizers or something just... <laughs> Hit myself with a blow dart. Okay. <laughs> I think there might be steps you can take before that, but that's a good, like, plan, like, D. I can't help it. I'm thinking about Ace Ventura, Pet Detective 2, When Nature Calls. Why are you thinking about that? Because there's tranquilizer blow darts in that movie. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I haven't seen that movie. Terrible reference. Okay. Fair oh. enough. Noted. Uh -huh. um, well, I think your fucked up sleep schedule is a good place for us to leave this episode. Um, tune back in next week to see if she fixes it. She probably doesn't. Because, well, uh, yeah, for this time next week I'll have been through my first day at classes. And so <laughs> yeah, but first day doesn't mean anything. Well, no, because I'll have to get up early that morning. So Yeah, but you still could have gone to bed at a ridiculous hour the night, like the night prior. Yes, but I should be so exhausted that hopefully I'll... Okay, great. So I'll make sure that I do most of the talking next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You'll just have to come back and find out. Alright, um, as always, uh, thank you for fighting with us, friends. We appreciate each and every single one of you, and uh, we will see y'all same time, same place next week. Adios. This week's episode of the Fighting with Friends podcast was hosted by Bridget Kelly and Dr. Sarah Brooks. You can find other episodes of the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your other favorite listening platform. Follow us on Twitter at BridgetKelly98 and at AndSarahSaid. Rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Like, comment, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitch and Facebook and join our Discord community using the links in the description. You can also help support us via the ACAST supporter feature, or consider donating to our Patreon for early access to episodes and fun bonus content. Thanks for listening! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.